This is e-commerce FM, the e-commerce SEO podcast with Rob Carey and Matt Young. Yes, welcome along to another episode of e-commerce FM. This is your e-commerce SEO podcast. My name is Matt Young, one of your co-hosts, and this gentleman is Rob Carey. Good day, Rob. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Uh, slight change of scenery for me this week. I'm working remotely in Lincolnshire, uh, of all places. But uh, yeah, I think it. hopefully the sound quality won't be affected. <laughs> and uh, the show is going to be a little bit different to our usual episodes. Yeah, you're, uh, we've decided to turn the tables a little bit on this week's show. And uh, you're going to be asking me questions um, about SEO and, uh, and, and social media and the role that that can take in that. So um, I'm basically going to hand the uh, the, the reins over to you, Rob, and uh, you're going to be this week's question master. Well, hopefully, I don't mess it up too much. Be fine. <laughs> so, I think first of all, uh, just because I'm usually the one doing most of the talking, we don't really get to hear too much about yourself. So, do you want to tell our listeners a bit about what you do, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. So, my background is in communication. Um, I was a radio presenter for 12 years um, all across the south of England, um, but I've been working in social media since 2010. So, I've got 10 years' experience in, in the world of social media and digital marketing. Um, I've written digital marketing strategies for major businesses who never sold online before. So it was really kind of, you know, kickstarting them and getting them going. And I currently work with a, quite a wide range of clients. And basically, my job is to try and help drive traffic to their websites. And I do that by growing engaged audiences on social media. So it's kind of similar to what I do as well, but for social media rather than for SEO. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're, we're there to try and make our clients money, I think, at the end of the day, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. And how important do you think social media is for businesses these days? I'm going to say massively, of course, because, you know, it's my business. But I genuinely mean that, um, you know, in terms of the social media's role, it's like the public face of your organization. And it kind of allows you to have a presence in people's lives on a, on a fairly regular basis. Um, you know, you can be a constant reminder of who you are and what it is that you do. And it's just how you put that across that kind of will, will you know, either win you or lose you those, uh, those orders and that money. Uh, plus, the other side of things, and this is a little bit negative, if you don't have a presence on social media as a, your organization, some people begin to get a bit suspicious. You know, why haven't you got a Facebook page? What have you got to hide? So there is an element of that is that you kind of have to have some skin in the game otherwise people are thinking you know where's the public face to this business yeah i signed up for a business bank account recently with one of these online only banks and one of the questions was give us a link to your social media profile so we can verify that it's you so you know when the banks start asking you for social verification you can tell sort of how important it is it's quite ingrained in our in our everyday society now isn't it yeah, so where would you start then if you've got a brand new e-commerce business or maybe you've got an existing e-commerce business that does, doesn't really use social media at all? Maybe you've signed up for the accounts, but you haven't really sort of posted anything worthwhile on there yet. You know, where should you start with this? It's very dependent really on the audience you want to reach. Okay, so it depends on what who your audience is and, and you know, where are your buyers at? So in, 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 in very brief terms, if you're going to be using LinkedIn, that's a very business to business social media site. So so, you know, that if you've got a business product you're selling, LinkedIn would be a good place for you to be. Twitter is quite business to business, although it's full of individuals with very strong opinions as well. Um, and actually, I, I'm a massive fan of Twitter. I've had an account since probably, I've, my account's probably 11, 12 years old now, and it really works for me. Um, but that's because I put quite a bit of time and effort in there. 
um, Facebook is going to be the necessary evil, I suppose, is the, is, the, is the kind way of saying it. A lot of people say, well, if, I've, you know, if I'm selling products, do I need to be on Facebook? But you know, I, would, I would say that people, even if it's a business-to-business organization, that those people who work in that business probably have a Facebook page as well. And it is the behemoth. It's the largest. There are over 2 billion private accounts on there, you know, personal accounts. So it's a necessary evil, but it it's brilliant for targeting, which we'll get onto a little bit later on. Instagram, owned by Facebook, very visual, full of creative people, um, still a younger demographic, but, you know, old farts like me still have accounts and uh, and I get quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Um, Pinterest, let's touch on a couple of the, the, the smaller ones. Quite female bias, so if your audience is ladies, then definitely you need to be on Pinterest. Uh, it's also an amazing driver of traffic to your website because people can pin images from your website directly to Pinterest. Um, TikTok is a bit new and uncharted territory for a lot of people, but a very, very young demographic on there. Um, and if you can use it creatively, it can really bring awareness to your brand. And finally, YouTube, um, owned by Google, absolutely brilliant. But, you know, you have to make sure you're, you're creating video content to go on there. But uh, I would also, again, if it's, if it's something you're looking to use, highly recommend it, definitely. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Facebook, actually, because uh, a while back when I was working in a agency, we was doing a campaign for a large payment gateway, a company where you process your credit cards through them. And the head of social at the time was recommending using Facebook for a campaign. And this payment provider was asking, you know, why would we use Facebook when that's basically where you share family and friend photos and Mm. you socialize? It's not business orientated. But what we found is that so many people use Facebook, even during the working day, like on their work laptops, you know, even like sort of a couple of hours every day, they'll be on Facebook and looking at that. So, you know, even if it's on their time off, if someone sees an advert for which could actually be good for the company that they work for, that they own, you know, they might still click on that ad or sort of send uh, that link to their uh, work email and still follow through. And we actually found out that these Facebook campaigns were even more effective than the LinkedIn campaigns because on LinkedIn, you kind of drown out the amount of B2B advertising that's on there. Interesting, interesting. How easy is it to drive sales via social media? I'll be completely honest with you. It's not that easy. Um, I mean, if we look at digital marketing overall, uh, email newsletters work really, really well for some of my clients. You know, they can drive an awful lot of traffic to their websites and generate sales through them. But that's because they publish a weekly email uh, full of quality content and it's fresh and there's an enthusiastic voice to it and they have some loyal followers. You know, however, those emails are then backed up by a social media campaign um, with, you know, shopping now available on Instagram. There are more people doing that. And I see Instagram as a a real key area. What I would suggest, and this is an analogy that I've completely stolen from a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, who you may be very well aware of. Um, He's a a massive social media uh, influencer, but he works in social. And he he calls this the 19-year-old dude move. And the most important thing to do is not to attempt to do this, okay? So don't go in for the kill immediately when you are, you know, you get a new follower or something like that. You need to basically wine and dine prospective customers or clients first. So you need to build a bit of confidence in them first that, you know, that, that you know what you're doing. You can, you can uh, you know, 
you can actually do what you say you can do. You don't try and sell to them on day one. So that whole sales thing, you have to build a little bit of you know knowledge and trust in you as an individual and a brand before you can start going in and trying to sell to people. So I, it, it's for me, it's more softly, softly uh, kind of approach. And um, is paid social advertising worthwhile? And do you have any tips for that? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, paid social advertising is is fantastic because like, unlike most other forms of advertising, so like, you know, TV, newspaper, radio, magazines, social media is really, really targeted. Um, Facebook is the best because it has so much information about ourselves. You know, we probably give it our date of birth. Um, we might put our job title on there. It knows our interests because we talk about them all the time. So it can be really targeted and you can really pick out people quite well on Facebook. Um, LinkedIn is pretty strong too, but slightly more expensive than Facebook. But again, if it's a B2B thing, definitely worth looking into. Um, Instagram's owned by Facebook. And personally, I have bought so many more things that have been advertised at me on Instagram than any other social media channel that it just knows the stuff I like, puts it in front of me, and I'm often clicking links and going to buy stuff through there. So um, it, it really does work. And and I must admit, I gave up on Twitter advertising several years ago because there's very little information it knows about us apart from the content that we put out there. So uh, in terms of tips, uh, really, I would drill down on those audiences. If you're advertising, say, on something like Facebook, you could be very, um, you could be specific on gender, on age, on occupation, and of course, geography as well. Where do they live? If you're a local business and you're trying to target people in your area, you can be very specific about where those adverts are placed. So just not on Facebook, on people who live, for example, in, you know, Greater London and something like that. So that's kind of where I'd go with that, definitely. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Twitter advertising because we did a small campaign for the first episode of e-commerce FM. I just chucked like sort of a hundred dollars at it just to try and make people aware of this new podcast Mm -hmm. and most of the interactions that we got were actually from fake users from bots where it seems like they just take a stream of uh, tweets that are out there and just like and retweet random ones to try and create a natural looking kind of profile yeah but it was very worthless basically for us sorry about that mate <laughs> not taking <laughs> I should have let you do yeah, yeah. i should have let you do the campaign <laughs> that's what happens when you get an seo to do a, a paid social campaign <laughs> so talking of which uh, should different people manage your organic social and your paid social campaigns you know is there kind of an overlap there yeah there's definitely an overlap for sure um i mean you can learn a lot about your audience via the organic content that you're already putting out there it can really help and inform uh and guide the kind of type of content that you put out there in terms of when you want to put some budget behind it. But for me, really, the key is testing this sort of stuff. So no two audiences are ever going to be the same. So there's no definitive answer. And if someone says, I guarantee you, if you do X on social media, you will get Y, um, be very skeptical about them. You need to test to see what sort of stuff works with your audience. And, you know, if there's a solicitor and another solicitor and you say, well, it worked for one, it it really may not work for another. It's it, We're dealing with human beings at the end of the day. So it's quite difficult. With regards to the overlap, yes, I would entrust both tasks to the same organization if you're going to outsource that um, because you can get them to work on the organic organic stuff first of all test see what works find out what works and then put some money behind the stuff that is working so we touched on this a little bit before but how much should people go for the hard sell on social channels you know should brands only promote their own products or should they start to 
retweet and comment on other people's stories, join conversations, do small talk? You know, what's the right mix there? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier on, I'm not a massive fan of the hard sell personally, um, and I don't advocate that for my clients. Um, I believe in integrity. If you want that quick buck, it may work initially, but it won't work for you in the long term. And, you know, I'm sure that we're all trying to run businesses and grow businesses and sustain them. And if you put a, you know, if you leave a sour taste in someone's mouth initially by earning a quick buck at them, you're not going to get them repeat customers. And repeat customers is easier to get than it is to find new business. So, you know, I, I would absolutely say the, the softer approach, it will work for you, but in the longer term. And I, I really love it when brands join in with conversations, you know, so you, you've seen several examples of the fast food chains having conversations with each other. And it works really well for the fast food chains because that kind of that kind of stuff makes the news and goes viral. Um, if you have the time to put into social media, and I would really, really like to say, if you've got someone in-house, you know, dedicate a job to them. If there's the budget there, give someone the freedom, let them loose on social, and they can really get down and dirty and start talking to the audience. And, and that's where people start to fall in love with brands. And my example of this is, you know, my background's radio. So I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute radio anorak. I still love it to this day. And I once got a reply to a tweet I sent to Radio 2. And I cannot tell you, even as a man in his 40s, how excited that made me. And, and you know, if you can kind of create that, if, you, if you're a big brand and, and you communicate with one individual on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, just imagine how that makes that person feel. Um, so when a customer gets in touch via social, the worst thing you can do is ignore them um, by simply replying and acknowledging them. Imagine how that, again, imagine how that makes someone feel. So I'm, I'm an advocate of getting involved in conversations that are relevant. Don't try and shoehorn yourself into conversations which have nothing at all to do with your product or your brand. But yeah, if you can have conversations with people, certainly if they're reaching out to you, um, I would consider it rude if they, if they don't. So get down and dirty and talk to the customers. I had a similar experience actually with uh, the actor, presenter and comedian Stephen Fry, who in the early days of Twitter, when it was just starting out, uh, I think he liked one of my tweets and he also followed me. And that was kind of my thing oh, to frame. That there. would make my day, Rob. That would make my day. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking before about sort of people in-house managing these social media accounts, but should brands post as an anonymous person within the brand or should they put a face to the person who's running the brand accounts? Such a good question. Now, I've actually seen it work both ways. And, but it, and it has made stars of some of the people who run the accounts on behalf of organizations. However, that can be a little bit short-lived. It's definitely better to grow your brand's image than the actual person running the account. Don't let that one person become more famous than your brand. Uh, the great example of this was the Museum of English Rural Life. There was a guy called Adam who was running their account for them. And he sent that really simple tweet. And it was a picture of a ram. And he just wrote, look at this absolute unit. And it went completely viral. It got 100,000 likes. It was retweeted 31,000 times. And yes, it got the museum some really fantastic coverage, lots of followers. But Adam basically was poached by a larger organization. Um, so that skill is then being taken away. Can you get someone to replace that and, and you know, and carry on the good work that he's already started? So as a brand, you'd be better off making stars of your clients and sharing their content. So as the as long as the quality kind of meets your guidelines and your standards. So if you've got someone that's buying, you know, some beautiful jewelry from you or some lovely dresses and they share that on social media, 
Imagine again how that makes them feel if you reshare that content to your main page as the brand. Um, that would be absolutely fantastic. So I would focus really on your clients as opposed to individuals within your organization. Now, the, the problem with social media that some people probably get scared about is the fact that it's a two-way medium. You know, if I buy a copy of Wired magazine and I see an advert in there and I mutter to myself, oh, that looks a bit rubbish. You know, nobody heard that apart from maybe the people around me. So it's not really a big deal. But if someone posts something on social media, especially a, a commercial product, then obviously anyone's able to then reply to that and uh, have negative comments. Plus also potentially you're going to have disgruntled customers that also use social media as a way of airing their frustrations or trying to get some freebies out of you. So how do you kind of handle that situation? It's funny, literally this morning I was I was flicking through Facebook and I saw a negative review from a restaurant dealt with amazingly. Uh, and there are numerous examples of this out there. Basically, my best advice is to just tell the truth, okay? If your customer service sucks, you need to get better at it, all right? You'll get exposed on social media and when it happens time and time again, people will start to listen. So if you're doing a bad job, that's where social media can expose these companies that you know are doing bad jobs. So you, know, it, it, you can be steered away from them. But if it's a one-off and you can reasonably explain what happened, which you know which caused the customer's complaint, then you can offer an explanation. But I would still apologize. Okay, it, it's often easier to apologize and move on because there are unfortunately quite a few keyboard warriors out there and they don't back down easily and 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 you know you are attempting to get the upper hand and trying to win a fight with someone who is looking to pick a fight with you and want to kind of you know maybe get a little bit famous so i would avoid those kind of confrontations if you can i have seen some wonderful responses where people have fought their corner though and they can often be great viral marketing but you have to get this spot on and back everything up um you know for example there was um uh, you know an incident in a restaurant cctv was footage when the person complained and said your staff did this your staff did that and when they see how the customer was behaving in the restaurant you know being very rude to staff once somebody was ill on the table and stuff like that so you know you can prove that but you have to be you have to handle that really really well if the customer is right right swallow your pride, apologize. If the customer is clearly wrong, then I would absolutely advocate standing strong. And there is a response I use for this, and it's called the AIR response, A-I-R. So acknowledge, yes, we've read your complaint and we're going to deal with it now. Possibly even a, look, we're sorry this has happened. Let me look into it for you. So you're not apologizing saying you've done wrong, but you're apologizing that something's happened. Let's do this. So that that's the A, the acknowledge. Then we go to I and investigate. If the matter warrants it, get to the bottom of it. You know, if there has been a bad experience and yet that customer has suffered, you absolutely want to make that better. Because if you do and you turn that situation around, that person who's been negative against you could well become an advocate for you in the future. So that can really work. And then finally, respond. The R for AIR is respond. Take the matter offline. Okay, don't get into that argument online. DM them, get a phone number, get an email address, respond to them that way. You've already acknowledged them online. So other people can see if they've made a complaint that you've said, listen, I'm sorry this has happened. Let's get to the bottom of this and then take that argument offline. I, I wouldn't get into any to and fro with them. You know, it's 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 sometimes easier to apologize and move on and make things good than it is, even if you know that customer is an absolute pain in the backside. 
Thanks, Matt. Some really useful tips there. And uh, it reminds me actually of the local hotel, pub and restaurant we got near us. And they're basically well known for their TripAdvisor uh, responses whenever there's a complaint on there. So they have some sort of one star reviews of themselves. And it's say a whole coach of people turned up and they weren't able to be all seated for lunch. And there was a huge complaint about it, despite them not telling them in advance. And because it's kind of a a family run business, they just they're so honest in their responses, but also so blunt that it's just uh, blown up regionally, like sort of people just like sort of retweeting their responses and sort of posting screenshots of it as well. But obviously, that's kind of a, um, a very specific example. It's not saying that you should run your business like that, because it can be taken the right way or the wrong way. And uh, obviously, you don't want to be seen as that um, business that doesn't listen to their customers. Yeah, as I say, there's been several examples and some of them are hilarious. And if you've got that character within your organization that can carry that off and, you know, write in a quite sarcastic tone or, you know, very authoritative tone. Um, but it, you you need to, it, I, I would suggest, like you said, it works for smaller organizations rather than larger ones. So uh, sometimes it's just easier to eat a little bit of humble pie, refund, move on. Excellent, Matt. Well, I certainly learned something there. So it's uh, been useful for me this episode and uh, hopefully listeners did as well. And uh, I think next week we'll be back to the the regular format, but I'm sure we'll revisit this format sort of later on as well. Fantastic. Well, thank. I mean, Rob, it's it's a pleasure. Always love to talk about social digital marketing. No problems at all. Uh, It's worth reminding the audience, of course, you can see a full transcript of the show on our website, ecommerce.fm, where all our social media links are on there, of course. And we'd love you to give us a follow. Have a chat with us. Get into a a conversation. And if you've got any questions for us there, of course, you can respond there as well. And it will give us future content for these shows. You know, what's the stuff you really want to know about e-commerce SEO? Ask us on our social media channels and we can create new shows for you in the future. But until next week, um, I'll be back in my usual place, not sat on my nephew's bed as I am currently. (laughs) Uh, It made a good studio for today. Uh, But yeah, have a brilliant week, Rob, and uh, we'll see everybody in uh, a week's time. Fantastic. Speak to you then. This is eCommerce FM, the eCommerce SEO podcast with Rob Carey and Matt Young.